Thank you all so much for having me and for just allowing me to speak to you. I know it's difficult to come on Sunday sometimes when you don't know what to expect. Um, so Leslie already told you that uh, I have a master's degree in organizational development. And so that's what I do for a day-to-day -day basis. I go into organizations and I work with their leaders on how to create better culture, how to move their company forward. And it's, it's surprisingly spiritual work because much of what happens in an organization is just about the people and what we're saying to one another. Um, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5 says, For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So even at work, what we say to one another, what we do to one another is about being a light. How am I being to my coworkers is how am I being to other lights in the world. So for me, I experience much of God, thank you, um, in my relationships. When I have um, an example of forgiveness or kindness or faith or hope, much of that takes place between my relationship with others. And therefore, communication, what gets said between one another, is a direct reflection of how I'm honoring the light in somebody else. So in that vein, I wanted to talk about three different types of communication aspects that I think are really important to how we show up in the world as lights. So um, I'm gonna ask three questions of us today. The first question is, am I patient? Do I wait to have conversations until I'm emotionally ready to show up as a light? Am I brave? Am I willing to seek uncomfortable feedback in order that I can better myself, others, and the world? And am I kind? Do I encourage others to see and remember the Christ that's within themselves as opposed to calling out their human flaws? So patience is a really interesting virtue of communication. Uh, typically what happens is somebody gets passionate, somebody else gets passionate, and emotions arise. Somebody gets angry, that other person gets mad at them for being angry, and we just throw these emotions back and forth on one another. So communication doesn't happen as much as emotions are just being traded and baggage is just being thrown and the needle doesn't actually get moved, nothing actually gets healed. A really common form of this is deflecting or being defensive. So years and years ago, uh, someone came to me and said, you know, Amy, you are always interrupting me and I don't like it that you interrupt me, it's very disrespectful. And I turned to them and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I never interrupt you. You're never saying anything of value anyway. It was, com <laughs> I know. It was complete defensiveness. And in that defensiveness, not only was I not being a light and not honoring their truth, but I was acting as judge and jury on this person. And at what point in our life did we decide that it was okay to be judge and jury instead of showing up as a light? and honoring what that person has to say, no matter how uncomfortable it might be. Another way that we can be impatient with our emotions is um, we can do this thing called stonewalling, which is where we build a wall or we shut down a conversation. Um, men are known for doing this, but we all do it some of the time. And so if someone comes to me and says, Amy, you are always interrupting me. I hate when you interrupt me. It's so disrespectful. And I was like, I'm not having this conversation right now. This is inconvenient for me. And I close the door and walk out of the room. Again, that's not honoring the other person and their truth. And it's completely acting on my emotions. 
A better way to handle either of those two situations would have been to say, okay, what you're saying is really hard for me to hear, but it is important to me. So let me take some time to get myself right, to reconnect with the light that's within me where we can have this conversation when I am willing and eager to honor what it is that you have to say. That does not mean that you're gonna promise to make changes. That does not mean that you are gonna fall in line with everything that they have to say. It just means that you're gonna hear them out in a way that's loving. Bravery. Am I willing to have uncomfortable conversations for the betterment of myself, others, and the world? This one is heavy on my heart, you guys. Um, I'm gonna go out of order because it's just what's coming up for me. So Leslie mentioned that I was, I've been involved with some dialogue on race conversations at Unity of Houston. And the bravery that's involved with that is being willing to seek information that is hard to hear. I'm a white woman, I've got all sorts of privilege, and it's not easy for me to hear the life experience of people with less privilege than me, whether that's black people or gay people or people with less money. There's all sorts of people with less privilege than me. And it would be easy to just not go there. But then the light would never be exposed. We would all be staying in the darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This verse just jumped out at me because it does not say to give the light of the glory of God. It says to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. The knowledge is the information. It is the truth. We cannot get to the light if we don't have the knowledge. And we cannot get to the knowledge if we're not willing to have uncomfortable conversations, to heal the things that need to be healed. I have a very personal story about this. I had worked for a long time, I had worked for this organization. Um, I'd been there five years. I'd been promoted three times in those five years. And I thought that I had a stellar reputation. I had worked really hard, people liked me. And I moved to this new position with a woman who um, was my new boss and was also new to the company. And she did not like me. She would ask me to dress up more so I would wear heels and the blazer and the skirt. That was enough for her. Uh, she would ask me to do my reports a different way. I would do my reports differently. That wasn't enough for her. And this went on for probably three or four months. And finally, I thought, I'm exhausted of this. I need to find out what's going on. So I go to the boss and I say, you know, I feel like there's something between us that's not working out well because you give me this feedback, I feel like I try to rise to the occasion and you're continuing to shut me down. And she said, you know, you're right. There is something about you that just, I just don't like you. And I was standing there going, I mean, do I call HR? Like, what, what am I supposed to do about that? And so, um, by then I had learned that I'm an emotional person and I was not ready to have that conversation. And so I said, okay, thanks. Unless you have more to say to me, I'm gonna leave now. And she said, no, that's it, I don't like you. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I just thought a lot about it and thought, this is unfair. How dare she? I have been here for five years. She's been here for five minutes. I have worked my butt off. I mean, this is just unfair. All the anger, all the shame, that goes along with that. So I really had to clear some emotions, 
get past the fact that I thought that it was unfair. And I went back to her about a week later and I said, I heard you. Um, I want to know that I heard you and that I do care what you think about me. What would you do if you were me? Would you continue to try to impress you? Would you bend over backwards, changing your ways to try to impress you? What would you do? And she said, I don't know what I would do if I were you, but it would make it easy for me if you would leave. And if you're not gonna leave, I will find a way to discipline you out. And I thought, whether or not she ever found a way, this is not a situation I wanna be in. And thankfully, this was um, after I had already gotten my master's degree, and I thought, I'll probably find a job, so I'm just, I'm gonna leave. And, um, you know, that was a really awful time at the time. I mean, I still went home and I thought, this woman is just being unfair, she's being a bully, and I could have made up all sorts of stories about it. At the time, um, the company was going through some affirmative action things where they were trying to promote women. So I'm telling myself this story that she's threatened by me because I'm another woman on the scene. And you know, none of that matters. What matters is I saved myself years of upset with this woman by going into her office and saying, something's not right here, can you enlighten me? That's what's important. I went to her and had the uncomfortable conversation and it was really hard to hear that she didn't like me and that in an instant, the five years I had spent building a solid reputation were gonna go out the window because she had all the power in this situation. The beautiful thing about this story is that my life is night and day different than it was. I was hanging out at that job because it was comfortable. And God put that woman in my life to get me out. He was calling me to something greater. And I never ever would have gotten there if I did not go and have that conversation. So a lot of times these conversations, the ones that are the hardest to have, there's what's between us and our blessings. What's between us and our growth as lights in the world. The same thing is true about, I've already mentioned this, but I just have to say it again, whether it's race or the Me Too movement or anything on a greater social scale, we have to have the conversations. People like me have to turn to someone like Leslie and ask, what is it like to be you? What is your experience? How often do you get pulled over? I've been pulled over once in my life. I mean, it's, it's literally impossible for someone like me to imagine the life of somebody else without being willing to hear it from the mouth themselves. We have to have the hard conversations to bring forth the knowledge so that we can bring forth the light. The last aspect of communication is the most obvious. Are we kind? But in the spiritual sense, what I'm really calling to is, are we calling out the light that's in others? Or are we just being kind? Uh, years ago, I was dating this man, and it was going so well. Uh, we were a month in, and I was telling my family, like, this is the one, we're gonna get married, it's gonna be great. And about two or three months in, um, we're on this vacation, and we're out for this walk, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, it's beautiful, we're holding hands. And he says, you know, Amy, this is going really well. I said, yeah, you know, I think so too. And he says, I care about you a lot. And I said, yeah, I think so too. And I'm going, he's gonna propose, it's happening right now. And then he said, I don't think though that you know how to listen and I really need to feel heard. And if you can't figure out how to listen to me so that I can feel heard, 
this relationship is just not going to work. And I almost just stopped walking. I was like, wait, what? We're not getting engaged right now? Um, and he said, no, I, I care about you. This is going really well. I don't want you to think that it's not going well. It's going well. But if it's going to go further, you're going to have to listen to me. I'm an emotional person. I took some time. And in my head, I kept thinking, well, this is over. I mean, I, I'm, he's done. And then I thought, well, he's still holding my hand, so I guess it's not over. Okay. <laughs> but he just said, I'm not meeting his needs. It must be over. No, he said, I care about you. This is going well. I need to give you this feedback. So over and over again in my head, I had to reassure myself of what he said. It's going well, I care about you, but things need to get better. So honestly, I was so unaware that I could not listen. I'd, I had to go back and I had to get more information. I had to bring more light to the situation, ask for more knowledge and say, okay, I don't feel like I'm on my phone when we're talking, so what behavior do you need to see for you to feel heard? I had to go back and have an uncomfortable conversation and, and admit to him that I had no idea that I was not listening to people. And the thing is, no matter how it had ended up, if we had gotten married or not, he did me a great service because my inability to listen to people and give them my undivided loving attention was not just hurting my relationship with this man, it was hurting my relationship with everybody in the world. In order for me to be a light, I need to honor the light that's in others. And if they do not feel heard, then they are not honored. He did me such a gift, and I am happy to say that we're married and everything went well, but it, <laughs> but it, it took him, and I'll, to his credit, he practiced that conversation because he knew it was going to be tough, and he didn't want me to shut down and feel like it was over. He wanted me to rise to the occasion. He saw that I was capable. He knew that I would care about how I showed up. He trusted the God that's within me to show up that way. So those are the three things that I'd like to focus on the most about communication. Are we patient? Are we handling our emotions before we enter a room? It is so easy to just get so excited to tell somebody off. They did wrong, I can't wait to tell them. But that's not honoring our light, that's not honoring their light. Are we brave? Are we willing to bring forth the knowledge so that we can bring forth the light? This is true in our one-on-one -on -one conversations. It's true in the greater conversations in the culture, in our community. And are we kind? Are we speaking to the light in others? You know, another aspect of this that's a really difficult um, line to walk is the difference between judgment and discernment. Light and love is discerning, and it will protect you if there needs to be a boundary. It will help you put up a boundary. But it is not judgmental. So. My now husband, Jared, he never made me wrong for my inability to listen. He just called me to a higher path. But it was not judgment. It was like, I don't know why you don't know how to listen. He just called me forth. So there's two things about any time we have to have an uncom uncomfortable conversation that I ask myself to sort of rev myself up. The first question is, do I believe that the light of God is within me? That's a way of asking, am I capable of this conversation? If I just ask myself, am I capable, I'm gonna say no. 
you know, this is something I've never done before, I'm not capable. So do I believe that the light of God is within me, guiding me at all times? Yes. Second question, do I believe that God has my back? I have too much experience to doubt that, but I have to ask myself that all the time when I'm having uncomfortable conversations. Do I believe that God has my back? Here's the thing, um, especially with these dialogues on race, we are all going to say stuff wrong all the time. There's no right way to heal this. There's no guidebook on how to heal these things. But if we believe that God has our back, we're gonna be willing to show up and take a step. And if it means we have to go back and clean it up later, well, at least we've brought some light to the situation. Maybe we haven't healed it all the way, but we've brought some light and we're willing to go back and do more work. If we stay silent because we're scared, then nothing changes. The other aspect of do I believe that God has my back is, am I going to be okay after this conversation? especially with my boss, if I had known that she was gonna say, I'm ready for you to leave, I don't know that I would have gone and had that conversation. But I asked myself, does God have my back? Knowing that whatever she said, I was gonna be okay. This woman's just one woman, and yes, she's got more power over me, but I've got God on my side, and he's gonna help me figure it out. So we're in Lent right now, and in Lent, we spend our time sacrificing and in reflection around Jesus Christ, how he shows up for us, our relationship with him. Lent for me is pretty easy. I'm really good at sacrificing stuff um, and judging myself and feeling like I need to give that up. I'm, I'm good at that. What's harder for me is to create positive habits. So what I've started doing in recent years is challenging myself to an additional 40 days. So I spend the 40 days of Lent in prayer, connecting to Jesus, and reflecting on the areas in life where I need to be resurrected, where the light in me is calling me forth to show up bigger, brighter, better. Then I spend the next 40 days practicing one habit. For me, the emotional person in the room, I had to practice for a long time walking away, getting calm, and coming back when I was ready. Some people, they have to practice bravery. They have to be willing to go to their brother who they're afraid to offend and say, you know, you hurt my feelings here. Can we talk about it? Whatever that aspect is for you, whether it's communication or something else, I invite you to spend the rest of Lent in communion with Jesus and thinking about what is in me? What is calling to be resurrected? What part of my light is feeling dampened that I want to bring forth and bring brighter? And then for the next 40 days, starting at Easter, practice one habit. Practice showing up in a way that you know that you're capable of showing up, but you just haven't pushed yourself to do. So I thank you again for your time. I feel like I raced through that. I have no idea if it's been 20 minutes or not. Um, but I so appreciate you sharing with me you know, this, the work of communication and how we treat one another in our dialogue to me has always been sacred work. And I happen to do it mostly at organizations where the words light and Christ don't get used, but it is always sacred work no matter what setting that we're in. So I so appreciate you letting me share what I'm passionate about. I hope that some of it worked for you and may we all just go forth and be lights in the world.